happy Tuesday, Steelers Nation, although many out there won't think it's a happy Tuesday. Happy November 1st. Welcome to episode number 43 of the Still City Insider Podcast. Mr. Wexel, how are you this fine morning? I'm good. You know how we always uh, try to put a player's name on our episode. Last week, I came up with the Peter Diana Memorial uh, we didn't talk about it on the episode, but Pete was a great friend of mine, and he passed away. And uh, the entire Pittsburgh sports media was very sad, and of course his family. Um, so anyway, I don't know who we could name episode forty-three after. Neither. <laughs> you know, Troy. Troy uh, seems to come up when you need him most. You know, he is going to be a saint, an angel after he passes on. He will be a force in the universe forever. He will always be coming up. Uh, so when needed most, here's episode 43, Detroit Polamalu. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> Everything's going to be okay. Man, he I tell you what, a player like him is needed in Pittsburgh <laughs> right now, especially after the showing this past Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Steelers dropped to two and six with a 35 to 13. I won't even call it a loss. I'll call it a dismantling at the hands of the Philadelphia Eagles, a city where they don't play well in. Jim and I are going to talk about all that here today. And Jim, let's not waste any time. It's the bye week. Let's just talk about that dumpster fire that was. Steelers versus Eagles. You, you know what? Let me. I got my book came out. It just came out. If you can see it, it's um, yep on the clock Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, I've been reading through it and I really like it. And I just had to reread a section today about the 1988 season. And um, also writing and reading this book gives you better perspective a better long view, a better, you know, pull back and look at this. Uh, what did we really expect? Mm -hmm. uh, I expected to go watch my daughter play her final game of soccer at Chesapeake at Ohio U because the Steelers were going to get beat up. <laughs> That's what that was expected. That's how this year is. It's a rebuilding year. Nobody wants to hear about it. And, and you know, Hey, People were saying, okay, Jim, you said it's a, you're going to monitor the progress. I don't see any. I, I'll say this. Kenny Pickett standing up after the game, chewing out whomever, who, who he, he meant uh, by saying, um, you probably know the quotes better. I used them. I can't remember what he said, but he blasted everybody yeah. doing the same thing over and over. This is insanity. What are we doing? There's no discipline. That, that in itself is a huge step. This is his team. I, I firmly believe he's the quarterback and he's a good quarterback who's working this stuff out as a rookie. You know, they're not all going to be Ben Roethlisberger stepping in behind uh, Alan Fanica and handing off to Jerome Bettis with Ken Wisenhunt monitoring the, and Bill Cower and Casey Hampton on the other side and Troy Polamalu. You know, they're not stepping into that. You're doing more Jalen Hurts. Stepping into the Eagles three years ago, a four and eleven and one team, and now we see how good the Eagles are. And so, you know, it's not always going to be Ben Roethlisberger ripping off fourteen consecutive wins as a rookie. I like what I see in Pickett. Just step back and look at this, and him trashing everything around him. All the chaos is good. 
it's good. You know, uh, I'm a Tomlin guy. I've been willing to wait on Canada to see if it's all really his fault. We have film review that say there's a lot of execution issues. So I've given this coaching staff room to hang themselves. (laughs) (laughs) And Pickett's Pickett's getting the, the, the posse together, you know. Yeah. I'm not saying fire anybody. That's for Art Rooney too. But I will say, and I know I'm running long, and I I know you have a lot of good things to say. But in 1988, the Steelers were two and eight. And Dan Rooney said, we've bottomed out. And Bubby Brister was caught on tape at a banquet saying, we should punt on first down. (laughs) That was two and eight. And Dan said they bottomed out. Well, what were you think they were saying at two and ten? But Dermonte Dawson came back from an injury in his rookie year to play the final few games. Uh, Rod Woodson struggling. He had some things to say about the defensive coaching staff. Tony Dungy was the defensive coordinator. Great coach, right? Wasn't working with Rod Woodson. Greg Lloyd was injured, I believe, his second year. They had a great 1987 draft. Mm -hmm. They had some pieces. And nothing was happening in 1988. Mike Webster was snapping the ball over people's heads a la Marquise Pouncey late in his career. The great ones start to slide. And that was happening in 1988. And at the end of the year, I think they won a few games. Two and 10 was the bottom. Uh, I forget what they finished, five and 11 maybe. You know, Chuck Noll always able worked, and they didn't start playing kids. They played Dermonte Dawson only because he deserved it. And uh, uh, so they went into the next draft, and uh, Dan Rooney said, Chuck, I'm going to fire you unless you fire these three assistants and uh, something has to be done with Tony Dungy. He's a great secondary coach, but the defense is not playing well. So uh, Noel was going to resign. He didn't know what to do. And the pressure was unbelievable. I mean, I know there was no internet in 88, but people were just as mad. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I mean, it, it, it found its way to the sports writers, to the media. You guys are back in Noel quit. You know, he, he's done. He's over the hill. Get a new coach. Well, Dan Rooney said, I'm, you're going to be fired unless you get rid of these three assistant coaches. And Noel was going to he was going to resign. But he decided to fire them. And uh, he asked Tony to take a demotion to secondary coach so he could bring in Rod Rust. And if you read the book earlier, you know who Rod Rust is. He was Joe Green's coach, head coach at North Texas State. So uh, in comes Rod Rust and changed Rod Woodson's life. Rod Woodson still credits Tony Dungy with teaching him how to play corner. Tony, Tony, instead of taking a demotion, resigned, went to Kansas City. Rod Rust came in and, and Rod Woodson couldn't still to this day calls Rod Rust the, the difference maker. Rod Rust was the defensive coordinator. So they found a real uh, uh, a guy to teach. And, and then Lloyd came back from injury and Dawson played so well. And Noel was raving about Dawson at the end of the, his rookie year. Nobody could understand why he was a guard and Noel moved him to center. And Noel personally taught Dawson how to play. This is all in a book. Oh, it's all good stuff. But that was this season. So I don't know which coordinators to hot, hot fire. I don't know whether Art Rooney too is going to put that kind of pressure on Mike Tomlin, but it's all deserving. There's nothing anyone can say pro or con for these guys. I mean, for all of the Steeler fans to turn on each other, 
it, it, it's, you know, let, let them figure it out. The fact that the quarterback stepped up, I know there were other fingers being pointed too. I mean, Najee Harris is pointing fingers that there needs to be some, uh, what did he say? The same thing uh, uh, Pickett said. There needs to be accountability. Yeah. Hey, be careful what you wish for, because if there's accountability, Jalen Warren's the starting mm-hmm. running back. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Najee, um, and I, I think that's a good good spot to jump into some of the individual performances here, but Harris, in his second year, I'm not sure what's going on there. I know you talked about the additional weight he put on, the muscle, or if you know he's lost some flexibility or if he still has that lingering injury. I don't think there's any play that really exemplifies his shortcomings this year than that little swing pass where instead of just running straight and picking up the first down, he dances. But then you got a guy like Warren in there, you give him the ball, He's shot out of the out of the cannon, and he's picking up three three to five yards every time. Yes, okay, and that's running back. And you know, hey, I defended the pick of, of Najee, and he, through his three point nine rookie season, I mean that that line was really on on on. Oh, it's just uh, totally rebuilt. It's it's still being rebuilt right now, but. You looked at Landon Dickerson playing left guard for Philly. You know, that could have been a guy, 6'6", 333, with a real nasty attitude. And I don't know about his medical condition, and that was the problem. But now look look at Najee's medical condition. What's that? So all the people that said build the line first and then get your running back are making a lot of – are looking good right now. Yeah. And I know there are some pieces being added to that line. But Landon Dickerson hasn't been added. Um, who's the center from Oklahoma? Creed Humphrey hasn't been added. So, you know, those of us who defended the pick of Najee are looking bad, like like me right now. And what, what doesn't make sense to me, Jim, and I was thinking about this the other day, is Harris had a more productive season, at least statistically, last year behind what was supposed to be an inferior offensive line to this year. So some – to me, something doesn't add up that he performed better last year when you had Trey Turner at right guard, Kendrick Green at center, and now you have supposedly James Daniels, who's a big upgrade at right guard, and you got Mason Cole in there at center and Dotson at left guard. There's got to be something off there. At least I'm, maybe I'm trying to convince myself as a fan that, yeah, uh, I don't know. Something is just off. I can't describe it any other way. Well, it could be the Liz Frank, could be the added weight. Maybe he overtrained. Uh, you know, I, I, I might have said it to you. It was the end of a hot day. The ground was really hard, and he had worked hard all day. And and they said, all right, and he stayed out there. And it was just some stupid drill he was doing. It almost struck me as he was showing, just doing it just to show that he was the last guy off the field. And all I could think about were his feet. Get this guy off his feet. Go, go sit in some ice, you know. Sometimes you don't have to be that guy all the time. So just that's why I have thoughts of overtraining in my mind. His Mm -hmm. legs look a little dead, like that pass that you you brought up. Perfect example of him just looking flat. Yeah, I don't remember him being that flat. And, you know, the dancing isn't always that bad as long as you can bolt out of it at some point. Right. <laughs> you know, you're, you're shaking, you're you're, you're juking, you're no, 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 nothing's coming out of it. Like Le'Veon Bell, you'd be like, "Run, Le'Veon!" All of a sudden, boom, he was gone. Yeah. You know, yeah. 
Yeah, that uh, I mean, that that was something I wanted to talk about. But then also the wide receiver position too. just again, no, no stretching uh, the field, no vertical throws, but Pickett got crushed. He didn't really have much time uh, to sit back there to let a, a deep throw develop. Um, I, I know there's been a lot of discussion. <laughs> Who knows if it's has any validity to it or not about Chase Claypool being on the trading block. The team apparently wants a second round pick for him. So this, this is really a two part question here, Jim. But looking at the performance of the wide receivers, that second uh, catch by Pickens was a catch, too. And they didn't challenge that darn thing, uh, which is frustrating. Yeah. But I guess the performance of the wide receiver room and then do you give any merit to this discussion around Claypool and he being on the trading block. I really don't give any merit to it. I, I don't. I, I think they, uh, if, if they've come out and said second round, okay. Uh, but I don't think they're actively pursuing it. I, I, I don't. Um, Would you take if, if the team second off- round? Well, you know, they know best. They know him better. Um, second rounder. Uh, depending on the team, you know, that 1989 draft, when you say, wow, two and 10, that's going to lead to at least, and they even played at two and 10, they played the chiefs in what was called the the Troy Aikman bowl. (laughs) And Noel was asked about it at a press conference about tanking. He erupted. If I ever lose a football game on person on purpose, I'll put myself in jail. And so uh, they ended up, I can be corrected. It might have been Tim Worley. I wrote the track book, but the the key piece was the second rounder, Carnell Lake, who mm-hmm. become he became a, a incredible piece for them in the nineties, uh, the forerunner to Troy Polamalu, and uh, second round picks can be Hall of Famers, absolutely. So I wouldn't I wouldn't sneer at it. I would consider how. The team is playing. If it's a contender, bottom of the second round, I don't know because Claypool's pretty good, mm-hmm. and you can uh, uh, get him on his last year of his rookie contract next year. I don't know that you want to do that because Deontay's starting to look like the guy that's not going to be part of your future uh, receiving core, right? I mean, come on. He hasn't done anything. I mean, I, I said on um, one of my cast from my my other site that uh he, he may be the the worst offseason signing or extension that I've seen in a long time he hasn't done anything but it was only three years I, I, I yeah they saved themselves uh but it'd be hard to hard to trade because then you got to eat that signing bonus it's only three years so and not, yeah not to look too far ahead to the future though I guess you know in talking about the Eagles with is it Andy Weedle? I know you corrected me the last time. Weedle, right? Is that right? <laughs> Whatever I knew before is what I know now. Yeah. I can't remember. But look at I, I don't I want to say Weidle, but okay. Weedle, Weidle, you choose. But look at what he did in, in Philly. You know, I, I do have a sense of optimism this offseason in terms of what they're going to be able to accomplish through the draft, because he did help build that roster that is now playing at a high level. So at he least there's some he, he thinking about that. He didn't build it. He helped. Right? He helped. He helped. That's, yes. He's not going to build this either. I mean, uh, Mike Tomlin's going to say, okay, what do we got at left guard? Would talk to me. And uh, Andy's going to say, let's just go with Andy. Andy's going to say, uh, I like this guy from Alabama. 
but he's got a bad knee. I like this guy. And then Tom will go around and go, look at these guys mm-hmm. and then make the final call. And you'll see some examples in the book, especially Penn State with Dan Radakovich, assistant coach uh, for the Steelers, the defensive line coach who had coached at Penn State, was part of the gang talking uh, Chuck Knoll into uh, Franco Harris over Robert Newhouse. He didn't like Franco, but Radakovich, uh, Art Rooney Jr., the personnel director, uh, Kevin Colbert or Omar Khan, however, whatever you want to put it, still had to deal with Chuck Knoll and Chuck Knoll liked Robert Newhouse. And when um, Dan Radakovich uh, looked at Chuck, number 13, because they wanted a cornerback from San Diego State first. Second mm-hmm. was a running back. And with 13th pick, the clock was running down. Andy Weedle turned to Mike Tomlin and said, uh, take him. And Chuck said, all right, let's take the Penn Stater. And he turned to Art Rooney Jr. and said, you better be right. <laughs> and that's how the Steelers organization works. The head coach is in charge. Mm-hmm. I-, I wish people would understand that. So that's Andy Weedle is underneath Omar Khan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Kevin was the per- Kevin Colbert was the personnel director and he, Omar and Mike Tomlin were the three points on the organizational chart. The three people who reported to Art Rooney Jr. with the coach always having the unsaid power. Yeah. They, those three would say it was a consensus. And knowing those three probably was because they were easy to work with. They had no egos involved and they got along. And so um, now you've got Omar on top of Weedle. Uh, Mike Tomlin will go to Omar. What do we got? What are we looking at? Mm-hmm. He'll have checked with Weedle and said, we got this, this, this. And he'll say, but we also got this in free agency. And this. So Omar will have all that uh, pro perspective as well as the college perspective run by Andy. Yeah. So that's how it's going to work. So to say Andy's going to rebuild, great. If he has an eye for linemen in the trenches, if that's his niche, as Ray Fittipaldo reported, great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> great. You know, that Australian rugby player to place left tackle for yeah. the Eagles. The Steelers liked him, had him in, and they let the Eagles draft him in the seventh round. He he's massive. Yeah. Put him then Dickerson, and then you got Kelsey at center. And on the right, right tackle is the best right tackle in the game, Lane Johnson. Yeah. There's, there's a, look at that. And now look at all the defensive linemen they have. And the receivers. <laughs> There's that. Oh, AJ Brown. You know, that's the thing about the Eagles. We all could have told all everybody. We did. I mean, what do you like about the Eagles? Oh, man, AJ Brown. Yeah. You know, Miles Sanders. Uh, look at those linemen. Javon Hargrave. We all know about Fletcher Cox. Yeah. And then Jordan Davis. Jeez. That was a guy you were high on coming out of the draft, too, Davis. Who wasn't, though? I'm, I can't take credit for that. I'm, I'm just a normal guy that just saw. You yeah. could see. But they got those cornerbacks, too. Yeah. You know. They're, but, I tell you what, after watching that game, they're a legit contender. I mean, I, I would not be surprised. I hate, years to, ago. I hate to say it, but they might contend for the NFC championship. Oh, they might? <laughs> they're, they're the favorites credit <laughs> they're the favorite they're undefeated yeah and you just saw them yeah. uh you know jalen hurts is the guy that surprised me so i can't say that that was obvious but uh his character was evident i sent those quotes to my daughter i told you you know my daughter plays goalie for ohio U, and she had a difficult fifth year senior season in and out of the lineup and i sent her those jalen hurts quotes and she finished strong and and, and, and all everything was good but uh, 
Uh, Jalen Hurts got some character. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but but to get back to uh, Pickett, he showed some character too, and he showed some fortitude by stepping up and criticizing and taking charge of his team. That's his team, and it was good to see. Yeah, yep. I, I definitely was encouraged. I know a lot of people were critical, said that this was Pickett's worst performance. I didn't see that. You know, he stood in there. He took a lot of hits. And you can't put the you can't put the the entire offensive performance on Pickett. He's a rookie, and I know a lot of people are saying that he's getting a free pass for all this. But what about all the veterans that are around him? So, so Jim, looking looking ahead, we're in the bye week this week. They come back. T.J. Watt should be back at that point. You, you take on the Saints, and not to say that any game is easy, but it's a much lighter schedule than it was the first part of the year. How do you see this? playing out and I know it's one game at a time but can they improve can they stack a couple wins well you know the general hope is that they don't but you know Mike Tomlin is like Chuck Noll in that regard he's going to keep teaching and working and getting better and if we're two and ten we're going to we're going to work and we're going to keep all our veterans out we might bring Dermonte Dawson off the sideline to play <laughs> that we might develop that rookie but it's not going to be a rebuilding project that everybody's going to want to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's going to keep working and grinding and, and that's what he knows. And so they're going to win some games and people are going to be, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, they're not going to know how to take it. Yeah. I would just, I would, I, 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 I can't say it loudly enough to take up a deeper perspective, a broader perspective and look back, step back and look at it. Don't, don't, you know, look at every little move. Don't look at every little thing Kenny Pickett does and say, you know, uh, Kenny Pickett's going to be okay. I don't believe that he's being handled poorly. I don't. I think games like this are are great for him. It's developing his character, uh, developing how to go about a game plan every week, how to speak to your teammates, how to speak to your coaches, how to be the leader. This is all good stuff for him. Yeah. As long as he remains intact <laughs> i mean they survived hargrave just coming up the middle and just flattening him yeah and 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 you know fletcher cox and jordan davis i mean this that interior offensive line got a few lessons learned as well i don't know if they're going to see anything as fierce as that again so yeah. you know hopefully kenny can can stay healthy but he's the guy and he's learning it's a process. It's a grind, and he's grinding, and so is the coach. Yeah, sort it all out at the end of the year. You know, Art Rooney, his antenna's up. A mess like that can be good for everything. And don't and I say this all the time? You never know what was a bad day or what was a good day. Mm-hmm. Twenty years, you could have had a disastrous day, and no matter whatever walk of life, in twenty years you could look back and say that was the best day of my life because it motivated me for this it did this it you know i got my i got a new walker i got, <laughs> I, got a, I got a cane that made me beat off a, a a burglar one day you know even the worst things can turn out to be the best things you never know yeah and you know what there's a lot to look forward to these last nine games you've got afc north matchups versus baltimore coming up those are always ferocious those are always battles and really, the, the one thing that I want to point out to Steelers fans, you know, it's November 1st. We're heading into the holiday season. Don't forget that Christmas Eve game versus the Raiders where they're going to celebrate the Immaculate Reception. That's going to be something very special. And you know what? A win's a win. This team just needs to generate some positivity and get things moving in the right direction. So, 
they're not making the playoffs, but you know, just playoffs. just stacks. Yeah, playoffs. <laughs> just stack some positivity. That's what I want to. Still, my favorite Jim Moore quote of all time. I know the playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> playoffs. We'll be lucky to win another game. Didn't he say something like that? Yeah. But his his comment to one of the media guys. You don't know. You don't know, and you never will. Yeah. Something I I screwed it up. It's something like that. So you're saying there's a chance, Jim? <laughs> no, but I, I'd like to see Tomlin say that to a couple of media guys. I mean, you don't know, you don't know, and you never will. Yeah. Hey, say it to me. That'd be fine too, because I I know what I don't know. There you go. Anyway, uh, I, I don't really care to see much ferocity. I know you want to see ferocity. I want to see Kenny get out of this healthy because I'm recommending that he continue and things are good that he's doing this and being handled. I think he's being handled well, but I don't want to see ferocity. Didn't the Ravens just pick up Rokon Smith? Yes, they did. Man, that guy can play. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Browns beat up on the Bengals last night. So it's a, uh... It's an ugly division. You got Baltimore sitting at the top there. We're in the basement, but oh, the Bengals got that runner-up banner. They can still look at yeah, it. You know, yeah, there you go. The Escaloser. Yeah. So, all right, everybody, viewers out there in YouTube land, thank you so much for watching and listening to episode number forty-three, the Troy Palomalo episode of the Still City Insider. You can check out Jim's work at the Still City Insider. Give him a follow on Twitter at. Jim Wexel. You can check out my work at thestillstudy.com. Give me a follow at Still Study. And I think we're taking next week off for the buy, Jim. We're no, we're, no, we're going to advertise oh. my book. Oh, we're, that's right. We're going to. Uh, right. I'm going to get you a book. book. You're, you're going to read as much as you can. I'm telling you, this, I, I reread it. I, and I, I don't, you don't want to re, reread your stuff because you wrote it, you struggled with it, you had to rewrite it. And then you send it in and they send it back for you to read again. You're sick of it. By the time you do it three times, you're like, man, nobody's going to like this book. I'm so sick of this thing. But, hey, it's done. Then you get it back. You don't want to read it. You're like, hey, hey, not bad. And so I I woke up one morning thinking, you know, the first thing you think of is good stuff. My book. I, I, I left off at a great chapter. Greg Lloyd was being drafted. You know. I go to my book and it's so easy to read. So anyway, um, you will be able to enjoy it. I'll get it to you. And then we can talk about it during the buy. There we go. Um, So uh, I think it's a a good, perfect time. Uh, Sorry we ran ran long. I know we want to get them under 20 minutes, but this one on 30. Hey, this is cathartic for me. Well, Troy Polamalu does that to you. You guys, this was a spiritual moment. This was a spiritual show for us. Is Is it cleansing? I feel good. Yes, yes. You know what? I'm going to say it now. I'm probably going to say this every few. I can't wait till August. I can't wait to come out to the Trove again. I can't wait to come out there. I'm not trying to rush it, but man, I'm just sitting here. I can't. I'm excited about next year. You're a good dude, man. Thanks for doing this. You did a good job this morning. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. Hey, you have a great uh, week. And everybody, make sure you give us a like and subscribe. And we will see you next week on episode number 44 of the Still City Insider Podcast. Take care, everybody.